we're talking about Fable 3, uh, which is a very interesting game. Hey, Steph, have you ever played Fable 1 and 2? Uh, I've played a little bit of 2, but 3 is definitely the one I've spent most of my time on. Yeah, so you probably have some opinions, and God, do I have some opinions on Fable 3. <laughs> that game Shocking. is is a, as much as a guilty pleasure that it can be a guilty pleasure for me. So we're going to be talking about that as well as some other games that came around the time and how do they relate to it and the overall spectrum of role-playing games of, you know, the, the 2010s and like that sort of era. So without further ado, this is Arcade Militia, the best podcast with the best eggs. I am Jackie here with my beautiful co-host Steph. That's me. And uh, we're going to be talking more about Fable. So... I started this project, or at least uh, the idea, the concept of this uh, episode, because played Fable 1, really enjoyed that. Um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, got my hand on a, on a copy of Fable 3 for a friend, played that. And I remember at the time that I really enjoyed Fable 3, but that was also during the time where I didn't use internet a whole bunch. So it was, uh, for me, Fable 3 was an amazing game because I didn't really play anything like it during that period of time. But after some years, I started like looking in the internet for other people's opinions on the game, because I really enjoyed the story. And most people seem to universally really, really hate Fable 3. And I didn't mm -hmm. necessarily understand why. Like, it didn't really make sense to me. And most of the criticism came to draw from the fact that they were like, oh, it's not as good as the previous ones. So I got my hands recently on an Xbox 360, Played through Fable 2, replayed Fable, the lost chapters, and like the, the remaster, the remake, and everything. And yeah, Fable 3 is not as good, but it's not really that bad, I think. Yeah, so Fable 3 is not as bad as people think by far. Like, you have a more fresh take on it. I really enjoy it, honestly. Um, I, I think I've said before, that's one of the reasons I don't go looking for other people's opinions, because when I start something, I don't want to kind of be tainted by that view. But, you know, even as someone who's played in other, like, open world games with all these different quest lines and stuff, this one just has its own charm that I really enjoy, and I haven't been able to put it down since I started playing it. It has a, a certain, like, whimsical kind of aspect to it, doesn't it? It feels very much like a fairy tale that doesn't take itself seriously. I, I really do love that aspect of it. It kind of plays to like that more um, whimsical side of Elder Scrolls. You know how it, it can be a really dark and gritty world in some aspects, but then they've always got a couple of characters or events off to the sides that make you smile because it is like kind of, you know, trying to put the magic back into the world. But for Fable 3, that kind of feels like what the whole world is, that fun, whimsical aspect of you know like storytelling yeah it's a it's a very interesting game to say the least and i feel like most of the fables are it really nailed down this uh sort of almost like creepy it reminds me a lot of like um like the grim brothers kind of like tales you know like the more modernized versions where like it's uh -huh. really like gritty and really like you know violent but it's still like a, a story for kids at its core so it, it still right. is like shaped as a, like a little story so Fable really does manage to hit the nail on the head on that one. But you mentioned something that is really important 
when it comes to discussions of these types is how like uh, the discourse online can really, really affect your opinion on a game, even if you already had mm-hmm. an opinion. So yeah. that's something and, to keep and in mind. For me, it's not just games. It's something that I've mentioned to Kit before, too, on my other shows. Just I, if I had looked into any of the like shows that he and I were watching before I started watching them, I would have found out just how controversial a lot of them were within the fan community because of the exact same reasons well it didn't measure up to the last one well i expected something like i feel like in any kind of fan base you're always going to get that clash and i'd prefer just to not have to deal with it if i'm trying to experience something for myself yeah because some stuff can be good on its own merits and you know since you're right. talking about it uh plug time uh came and ride with me a uh, great podcast about uh, a bunch of really cool action oriented Japanese media, mostly focused on like superhero stuff. Uh, Steph is on that podcast along with a uh, friend of the show, Kip. So give that a watch if that interests you. But uh, yeah, I feel like most fandoms have that sort of thing, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. it's like people have really high expectations of how things should go. And if they don't measure up, you're going to hate it. Even though right. the product on itself is okay, is not mm-hmm. like horrible. And I feel like that's the most, a lot of um, early uh, games from that area, like it reminds me a lot of uh, another uh, Lionhead uh, Studios game called Black and White, which is, uh, also reminds me of Peter Molyneux games like Spore, where they just kind of promise a lot. And then when you get to play the game, it's like you can do like, like one fifth of what they actually promise. But the game itself is still fine, you know? It's like Spore, they were talking about how like you could create a creature from scratch and like mess with their DNA to create. And it's like, nah, you kind of just get to make your own little creature and go to space. It's not as in-depth or complicated, but it's still like a pretty fun little game to play, you know, like to, to spend your time with. I feel like right. um, people in recent times have grown very um, cynical and very, um, I guess the I guess the word cynical is not even right. It's just that people just kind of, want to hate on things and i feel like that's a very cliche to say but i don't know i feel like people kind of feel justified that they want to really hate on something if it if it, if it's like if there's a possibility to hate on something i i feel like part of that too though is those um fandoms being able to communicate so much more rapidly in real time than they ever were before because even at the early days of the internet, it was still message boards, so it wasn't this real time being able to pile negativity on top of each other just constantly and quickly and make everything into a world changing event, whether it deserved that much of your attention or not. So it kind of puts creators in a headlock if they want to follow those fandoms and see what they're commenting because they're consistently going to be in a no-win situation and that's kind of how the gaming community has gone with gaming because things that aren't really that bad they will convince you that a game absolutely cannot be played the developers can never be trusted again and they need to tweet out everybody involves address because this is just unthinkable it's like uh it's like that meme like the guy like yelling like stop enjoying things the, the, the media you're consuming is trash. Stop enjoying exactly. it. Stop enjoying it. <laughs> the gatekeeper meme, yeah. And there's gatekeepers in every community, but the gaming community, I think, honestly, is the worst for it. And I think it's something that only gets worse the more 
people just don't have anything else to kind of hinge their personality on. So they've decided this is their line in the sand. They're going to tell you what's playable and what isn't, and God help you if you disagree. Which is interesting you mentioning about how, like, the discourse has changed because it's so much quicker. And I legitimately think that's kind of what happened with Fable 3 to an extent. Because mm. it came out in 2010, which was kind of like the heyday of, like, you know, YouTube. Um, yeah. So people, there were a lot of content creators that were making content about stuff that they enjoyed, namely video games. Um, before then, it was, yeah, like you would have, you know, you would go to like game facts and post, this game sucks. And then like, you know, people would post on your thread. Um, and if you wanted a, an actual review of a game, you have to go to like GameSpot.com, you know, you go to IGN.com or you buy a magazine and see what they were talking mm -hmm. about it. Um, but in 2010, it was like whoa fable 3 has on disc dlc like you purchase the game there's a bit of content in the disc you purchase that you can't access even though you own the disc unless you you buy it from their store that is uh -huh. crap that is horrible i can't believe they would do that so they would make a video talking about how it's you know the, the worst thing and not that i agree with those practices i think those practices are pretty bad it's just that it it paints a picture as to why people would think the game itself sucked when it was like involved in so much uh, controversy and people were like piling on it because, like I said, if a game had controversy before the kind of like birth of, uh, you know, uh, content creation at that level, it was just more like, you know, you would get like, you know, hit pieces on media, like maybe you get like a TV, like, you know, like report talking about it and that would be kind mm -hmm. of like the end of it, sort of. The game would probably, you know, suffer, but it would not be the flop that Fable 3 was by far. Yeah, and it, and the unfortunate thing about people being able to kind of whip each other into a frenzy that way is that when they do that, they will automatically, it seems like, forget every positive experience they ever had and just focus on this one tiny issue and make it into something that just is an unforgivable sin and it's always fascinating for me to kind of see that happen on like games that I don't care about so I wasn't going to play them anyway but just kind of seeing how much drama can come up around such to me small things when it comes to playing video games just it's it's astounding how much hatred there seems to you know just be piled on top of everything else for a video game of all things right like right you're supposed to be doing I, this for fun man this isn't like <laughs> a you know a, a second life for you or something this is what you do to get away from the world yeah that i remember talking about second life that game was a ride oh god but yeah <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's 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 definitely interesting because it's uh for me entertainment is just so like you don't yeah, I guess you see that happen with like perhaps more entrenched fandoms. Like I remember that happening with like Star Wars when the new came out and they were up to stuff oh. and people were like very upset. Like they were, you know, like the the kind of upset that's kind of embarrassing for them that they're upset about this. Mm -hmm. Or like Marvel now. Or like Marvel now, yeah. It's like if Marvel released like a really bad movie, I'm pretty sure people would also be like at that level. But for me, it's just uh, yeah, like I said, I I I, I understand it. It's just um it kind of it kind of makes it difficult to make like almost like a post-mortem of like a, a piece of media at that point right because like mm -hmm. with fable like i said it's very clear there was a bunch of like controversies with uh regarding to dlc and, and and copy protection and and like uh 
like things around that sort of nature around Fable Three, and people hated they're Fable all Three for that. Now. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they're all standard now. But people hated Fable Three for that, and it's like, well, but did they did hate the game, or did they just hate these awful practices? Because hating the awful yeah. practices is fine, but I like I'm more concerned with like the actual game. Was the actual game like garbage? And in replaying it uh, recently, because I wanted to make this podcast, I start to notice a pattern that the game is uh, complex. It's not bad. It's not good either. (laughs) And I think maybe (laughs) the reason why these uh, bad uh, controversies around it kind of flourish whenever you try to talk about Fable 3 is because the game itself lacks anything for you to like uh, grab onto aside from the story which is relatively short like if you look at the side quests and the combat systems and the mechanic systems involved in them it is kind of bare bones and that's again that's why it makes it difficult to talk about it's not bad none of none of what is in the game is bad it's just not very, you know, noteworthy to talk about either. They're kind of just there. They function as they should. And, you know, it's a game. It's definitely a game. And I think uh, a part of the reason as to why uh, people would get upset with with, uh, with these things is because the game is just so lackluster. There's like, I want to say something about Fable 3, but I find it very hard because it's neither. It's not, and there's nothing notable to talk about it. It functions well enough. And when you get to conversations like that, you really have to ask, what is the price point of, of the game? Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can also start gauging why people either hated or loved or, you know, kind of just shrugged at any piece of media. Because, you know, if, say, for example, a game that's very famous and people really like Terraria, which is a fun, like, little 2D platformer game, it's really fun, it's mm-hmm. really nice. I'm sure if that game costs eighty dollars, uh, pe- that game would not be well remembered at all, if at all. I don't think people would pay eighty bucks for Terraria. Mm-hmm. But right now, the game is priced at like seven dollars. For seven dollars, it's an amazing game. It's an amazing experience. Wow. And I feel like Fable Three is probably the same because it's not bad, but it when it launched, it launched with sixty dollars as the asking point price. And it had DLC to boot. so That's crazy. I wouldn't have paid that for this game. I probably would have paid more <laughs> than most people would have because I've enjoyed it so much, but I would not have bought this at $60. Which is the issue, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. The game came out in 2010 when you, your options of like hot games that just come out in 2010 were Mass Effect 2, Fallout New Vegas, Red Dead Redemption. It's like... Yeah, it's it's not a bad game, but if you had to choose your $60 to choose between Red Dead Redemption or Fable 3, it's a pretty clear <laughs> choice for most consumers. Um, right. And that's kind of, again, it muddles any sort of conversation you can have about the topic because people will be like, well, you know, at that time in 2010, nobody really would buy Fable 3 because if you bought Fable 3, you're probably already like gaming and you know about games and like your point of reference. Other games that were coming out at the time were so much better than Fable 3 that you probably think pretty poorly of Fable 3 because it, it's not up to comparison to the other games with the same asking price. Yeah, I have to agree. And especially because 
um, with New Vegas coming out, everybody knew that that was a different developer, so it also had a curiosity factor that the other games didn't have. They call New Vegas, too. It's like, uh, that's always interesting whenever games have, like, mm-hmm. spin-off titles. It's like, ooh, yeah, where are sure. they going with this? Um, what they got uh, was just very orange, is what New Vegas <laughs> got. They were really used with the green, and they're like, now get ready for orange. Um, yeah, if you jumped from one to the other, it almost felt like your corneas were being just blasted out of your head for a second. Can we talk about this for a moment? Okay, listen, uh, let's go on a side tangent. This is not on my, my list of things I wanted to talk about, but now I kind of want to talk about it. 2010 was just such a horrible... Actually, late 2000s to like early 2010s, it was just such a horrible year for like video game graphical fidelity. Can we talk mm-hmm. about how like everything was just overexposed with Bloom? Like Fable 3 is like an attack to the senses and eyes at some stages. Because everything sometimes gets so bright and so dark. And there's like, it's almost like someone smeared Vaseline in your eyes when you're playing it. It's like people thought that graphics yeah. meant turning up the bloom to up, up to 100. And then they put like a weird like color filter and everything because they don't want to like color grade every single scene of the game. And it mm-hmm. it it was just all of it looks awful. Like all games that came around this time are are guilty of doing this. Oh yeah, I have to agree with you. There are certain games Fable included, and actually Fallout Three and New Vegas, where I have to turn my settings down just almost as dark as they go, so that I don't yeah. uh, feel like I'm being an insomniac for two hours. You know, just with my eyes glued open or something, just staring at a screen because it will it'll hurt after a bit. It's just so harsh, especially Fallout 3, where it's like, mm-hmm. it's mostly just gray. And then you add that bloom on top of the gray. And it's just like, ah, it's just like trying to burn out your eyes. Uh, anyway, uh, continuing on the things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> get back on topic. It's important. Um, so Fable 3. What is Fable 3? So it's a role-playing action-adventure game where you get to control a hero. Um, in this case, uh, the hero is either a prince or princess. You have to pick the gender uh, of your character. And the whole crux of the game is that your brother is the king, and he's a horrible king. He's uh, very mean and very evil, and it's up to you to uh, you know, end his tyrannical rule by making friendships and alliances and try to you know, take up the guy. Pretty standard stuff. Um, mm. But, you know, like, that's... The game leaves very clearly that's kind of only half the battle, right? Because eventually you're going to assume the role of the king, and then there's more game after that, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of, like, why it's kind of cool, because you're going through the whole game and you're making promises, and, you know, later in the game you have to see if you can keep these promises you made to these people, because sometimes it's not as simple as that. You can promise a lot, but doing it is actually hard. And that's one of the mm-hmm. things that I like the most about the game. The story, the setting, how it's played out. It's one of the only noteworthy things about the game because the rest is, do you like mashing buttons? Do you think mashing <laughs> buttons is fun? If you do, Fable 3 is your type of game. Press X to attack, hold X to block, but you don't really need to block if ever. Um, no. Hold the press Y to shoot and press B to, to do magic. And that's your, that's your lock. That's what you do. And you do that over and over again. And things just die. Uh, I think the main problem with the game is that 
it has two difficulty settings, uh, which is it is a doozy. Either you play on on normal difficulty, where you your health regen kicks in after like 0.1 nanoseconds after you get hit, so you never really struggle to do anything at all. Mm-hmm. You're always the most of full health. Or you put on challenging difficulty, where enemies kill you with one shot and you can't heal at all unless you use health potions which cost a lot of money that doesn't sound fun in the least it could be fun if potions were a bit cheaper and enemies did a bit less damage it would be a bit more more uh, challenging uh but it's just it's just a uh, it's just really difficult uh because enemies just will often like to hit you and you're done and it's not very not very fun anyway it's uh it's 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 very frustrating um because i'll be honest with you um trying to keep it without um what's the word i'm trying to trying to keep it like focused and not you you know uh compare with other games in the series but fable has never really been a difficult game fable one and fable two very straightforward uh you can like absolutely obliterate through the entire game with no issue whatsoever i don't think there was a single fight in fable 2 or one that actually made me like i'll be like oh this is difficult because it's, it's not <laughs> it's very easy but at least they had the illusion that it was difficult you know like you would get a low health you would get some warnings and it's one of those situations in the case of fable 1 is like you could get low health constantly and enemies will really do damage, but you'll probably be stockpiled with like 129,000 potions anyway. So it's not like you're in actually any danger. Um, and in the case of Fable 2, it's more like the same, where like it's less about the health potions being cheap, but the revive potions were pretty cheap. So you could die like theoretically over and over again. It was not never really too much of an issue. And also, you could get like special attunements for your weapons that just made you like never lose HP. It was just, it was never difficult. Like none of it was ever difficult, but it gave you the impression that at least you're trying. Fable Three kind of right. does away with that. It's like they just place some dummies for you to keep hitting on, and you know, feel powerful, and that's kind of kind of it. It has a bunch of mini games, has a bunch of little side quests, funny characters, and the most uh, interesting aspect, in my opinion, is how in in Fable 3, you can very much just become a landlord. You can buy houses, rent out houses, <laughs> you can buy businesses, set the prices of businesses, and you have to worry about fixing, you know, the, the houses and fixing businesses, making sure they're, they're, they're you know, prospering. And you can even uh, get married and have kids, and then you can have your, your, you know, your spouse work for you, and you can, like, teach your kids. And it's very interesting, like, very light life simulation stuff that is mm-hmm. uh kind of hard to find because it felt a bit more grounded it felt like you know how like when you get married in skyrim it just kind of feels like there's an npc living in your house right yeah like you just got <laughs> another follower but this one just stays in one place exactly in, in fable 3 it was always really funny because like you can get married but like the person you marry is like a person like they usually they have a daily routine they follow and then like they have demands like like they'll get upset at you if you don't visit them for a long while and they'll like start getting really <laughs> upset. They can send you letters like being like, where are you? Where you go? Sometimes they want gifts, you know, it's it's like and same with like, they'll be like, oh, you're neglecting your children 
whatever you you go out adventuring and you don't ever come to see your children i'm gonna take the kids away i'm gonna live with your mom kind of stuff oh god it's a real life marriage simulator (laughs) (laughs) it's it's interesting it's like there was like some actual meat to it you know and that's always been a thing it was like fable one and and two was there as well and they put in fable three as well so so that is fun wait to get to Um, that part then yeah, I think you can get it right now. It's like you just get married. It's like you literally just buy a ring and then you just get like a random person to like you enough and they need to be like the correct um, sexual orientation, which again, props like, you know, not everyone, not everyone in the world is like uh, protagonist sexual, like they're, they're not sexually <laughs> attracted to you just because you're the hero of the story. Like, you know, different characters have different sexual orientations. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't like games where it's just you can grab whoever you want. Then it just feels like, okay, well, then I can just grind a couple of dialogue options and, oh, great, now I'm married. Fun. Not only that, it kind of like uh, detracts from the character a little bit too, right? Because right. um, sexual orientation is like a huge portion of your life, whether you want it or not, you know, and kind of dictates how you behave, how you talk to people, how you see things. So, like, just having characters that are just attracted to you no matter what just kind of feels kind of cheap. It kind of feels like a cop-out for, like, a writer. It's like you want right. to add more romantical options, but you don't want to write specific romantic options. So, it's, like, it's a bit of a cop-out. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, that's what they did in Dragon Age 2, and people universally hated it because, yeah, it feels kind of shallow. It feels like who you are as a character doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter right. if you made a character who's a, who's a male, female, elf, human, whatever. Your character is just the character. You're just changing how they look. And that has mm-hmm. always been like, you know, very immersion breaking. So they fix it in Dragon Age Inquisition to, to great effect. And uh, something similar is actually in Fable 3 where your character has a lot of like, you know, stats with like body morph. But it's it's still like pretty straightforward. I guess they didn't really want it to be that groundbreaking where like your character can get taller or more buff and they can get fatter mm-hmm. or thinner. But it's one of those situations where like, Everyone just prefers if you're tall, muscular, and thin. <laughs> There's no nobody that likes any of the other things because the game is pretty straightforward in that aspect. <laughs> if you're fat, you're ugly. If you're short, you're ugly. And if you're not muscular, you're ugly. And that's 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 the the message the game sends for the most uh, part. Yeah, so healthy. But I mean, I can't even blame them, right? It's just because it's like it's it's very caricature-esque, you know. It's like your hero yeah, is, is supposed to be like you're supposed to be like the the Superman story. It's actually funny, like in Fable Two, uh, when you get to like maximum like strength level, your character is like so buff that like <laughs> it's just it just looks comical. It is really like extremely buff. Same in Fable One, and that's one of the complaints people have with Fable Three as well is that the body morphing aspect of Fable is not as not as present as they were in previous Fables. Fable One and Fable Two. You could really have your character look like wildly different depending on what they did, right? Like if they're really evil, they have like horns growing out of their forehead and they have like red eyes that, you know, burn. And if you're maximum strength, your character is like a bodybuilder, like absolutely like just, you know, massive. And then if Fable 3 is like if you're max like strength level, yeah, you get, you get a little bit of abs. <laughs> you kind of see it. You know? Wow. Well, I don't think I realized that about Fable 2. Yeah, if you're really evil in Fable 3, uh, yeah, your character gets a bit pale. I think mine's pretty pale already, though. They get even more pale. 
I mean, if you want to yeah. complain about uh, diversity, it's like there's like a, a Fable is like one of the, those franchises that have the token like diversity characters. So oh like, yeah, count in your hands how many black people black characters are Fable. Yeah, it's it was trying. <laughs> it was trying. Twenty tens were were a different I do time. Have to say they were giving a little bit more effort than a lot of studios were at the time. So good on them for that. For sure, for sure, it's a. Uh, it was an, an interesting process because I'll, I'll be honest with you too. Like I think Fable Three was also like one of the the first games that had like this kind of very you know socialist message with like the industry workers and the whole like you know take down the monarchy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very earnest in 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 its intent of of saying you know absolutely like screw the whole idea of having one person in power. Except that that works up until the end of the game, as or midway of the game when it becomes king, because they're like, well, screw this whole idea of having one person nobility and power, unless it's a good guy. If it's a good guy, yeah. it's fine. It's unless bad because it's, it's an evil person. He's pretty cool. Yeah, unless yeah. it's yeah, if it's you, the protagonist, then it's fine. Which they actually fix in the DLC. The DLC actually has uh, there's a DLC where you have to come to gripes with the fact that uh, monarchy is probably dying now, which is interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how that would lead to Fable 4 Lionhead Studios was defunct and shut down. Well, well. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fable had a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end. Moving on to the next topic I wanted to talk about in Fable 3 is the guilty pleasures in general are just a weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like something you enjoy having, but you know you shouldn't. Um, I feel like games like fable 3 for me are very much like that their games are so good at keeping you occupied without thinking about anything that you know it's not like good media it's not good content (laughs) but it just keeps your your eyes on a screen and your hands doing something and your brain from thinking i don't know that's kind of what i look for in games really i i I do enjoy games that make me think about stuff kind of like being more critical and more um I like i like games with a message you know like a point to it all like it, it needs for me to 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 make sense to do it um fable 3 just feels like the equivalent of eating a bunch of cake it's <laughs> like you know it's like it's not filling it's not good for you it's just it's there keeps you occupied keeps you from thinking about other stuff well i mean what would you be looking for in a message? Uh, that's that's precisely why uh, it's very frustrating to talk about Fable, right? I kept talking like, it's not bad, it's not good, but it's not bad. And same can be applied to like a lot of the story beats and themes of the game. It's they approach it, but they don't. But they kind of do. But they they really don't. It's 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 uh, complicated. I don't want to tread into spoilers. The game has a pretty big spoiler towards the middle. But uh, suffice to say, uh, Fable 3 has uh, an interesting whole process with how it deals with the whole idea of responsibility and uh, what you're supposed to like think that is moral and right. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, you wouldn't mind if I spoiled the game for you, would you? I never do. Go ahead. Okay. So spoiler warnings, ending of Fable 3. Actually, not ending. Midway point of Fable 3. So we'll put it in show like notes. Like I said, <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. The mid-worry point of the game, you become, you know, the queen uh, and or king, and 
you have to keep the promises that you made for everyone, like along the land, all the people that helped you, you know, take the crown. Um, and you figure out very uh, early that turns out your brother that was the king is not so bad after all. He was only being bad because being bad means that you can raise a lot of money and he needed the money in order to fund a very uh, professional, well-equipped, well-trained army because the demons, whatever, you know, like the evil people, the evil guys were going to attack. And when I say evil guys, that's the part that gets me upset with how it's written. The people that are attacking are not like people. Uh-huh. They're not, they're not like another foreign country. They're not a, you know, like a, an armada of bandits or pirates. No, it's literally the evil. It's the, there is nothing to, um, to kind of balance that or to kind of um, equalize it in, in the context. It's just the evil. They're inequivocally evil. They're the bad guys. We have to kill them. So in that context, is being a super evil guy to get money to save your kingdom, is that good or bad? And that is kind of interesting. The problem being is that the difference between the two is uh, very simplistic. And I don't like how it's phrased in that way of, you know, like, oh, it's fine to be evil in order to destroy the evil army because that doesn't really translate well to real life because there's no such thing as an evil force in real life, you know? So I feel like the moral message is kind of like blurred. Because it's like, oh no, it's so it's it's meant to make you think, right? It's like sometimes you have to do evil things in order to do good things. And I'm like, okay, that's a concept that I can follow. But in this context, you're doing evil things to stop an an evil force that is unequivocally evil, is the worst thing ever, and we need to kill it. And I'm like, there's nothing really like that in real life. Like there's no there's nothing that you can say that is like, I'm doing this evil thing for the good of all. And mm-hmm. it's like there's no way to argue with it. Like a lot of people would be like, well, you're doing evil and I think you're causing more harm than you're doing good. Or you're doing this evil and you're not even sure if it's actually going to help in the end. But in this case of the game, it totally is and it's totally justified. <laughs> it totally makes sense. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like the story could have some very interesting, um, you know, moral questions that they really don't grapple with, which again, not a problem with it based on uh, on the other the series none of the other fables do this fable follows a very strict moral code um that is very similar to a lot of bethesda games of like either you're so evil that you like literally kick children and steal their candy or you're like so good that jesus would be jealous those are the two like moral options you get <laughs> right. you're the best of, yeah. of, of the world or the worst of the world so fable was never really meant to have interesting moral questions but Again, it's just uh, that's why Fable in general for me is just such a guilty pleasure game, just because it's it's a it's a fun concept of a game that really doesn't go anywhere, but it's still interesting because, like I said, there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, that's true, and I can see why that would be frustrating too, because it kind of sets you up by telling you to just blindly trust that her brother is right about this invading force being evil and it's not going to tell you why they're evil. It's not going to tell you what the history is there. No, he says they're evil and that was his excuse to be a dick for the entire game. Yeah, I can see where that would be very unsatisfying. 
that's why it makes me mad is that they're evil and they are he's not even lying about it they are evil they're literally like from a dimension of evilness and they, all they want to do is sow discord and chaos and suffering like that's their character and it's like mm. yeah we need to stop them but like i said there's no such force like that in real life right right like there's right. no like like there's no thing you could draw that that parallel and that's like the, the thing with like a lot of with all i think any 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 message or any story that has like a moral aspect to it is that you always want to bring that to a, a relatable point of like oh what if that, if that were me or like how would i react in that situation uh, but mm -hmm. in this one is this is very like and it almost feels silly to a point for me um for example a key point in the game where you have to keep your promises. One of the promises you made was that you were going to renovate uh, like a, an old lake that was like in disrepair. Um, but you get the choice. Either you renovate the old lake for the, 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 the nature-loving community because there's like a bunch of people who are like, uh, they live in the forests and stuff. Or yeah. you side with the industrialist who wants to use the lake as a, like a, a place where he can set up industries so he can make like weapons and armor. Mm -hmm. and the weapons and arm making the weapons and armor is put as an evil choice and i'm like guys i understand making an industry thing in 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 a in a, in a lake is pretty bad don't get me wrong that's evil mm -hmm. but we're not doing this because we're trying to intimidate a country we're not doing this because there's a pirate fleet that is going to attack us and we need the weapons. No, because you can pay the pirates off, you know, or you can try to find common ground with them or you can. No, there is a force of chaos that wants to destroy the world. I think renovating the lake can take like a five year break plan on that and we can solve that mm -hmm. then. We kind of need the weapons now, but the game still frames it as a like, uh, like, oh, you're so evil destroying the lake. And it's like. It's it's more complicated than it's just like a simple slider of like bad and good. It's right. it's and and that's the issue I have with it. It's like these guys are unequivocally evil, and that's why there is no way for me to for this choice to be a moral choice. It's a very simple choice. The evil mm -hmm. of the world, ender of worlds, are going to try to destroy our world. Yes, we need the weapons. It's not a case <laughs> of like. It's not a case of like you know like ah. Uh, you know, there's a war coming, there's a war brewing, and we need weapons because it's speculative, you know? Like, you don't know if war is really going to happen or not. There's plenty of right. diplomatic ways you can go about the solving it. There's plenty. There's, no, it's just the evil ones. It's like, it's like we need the weapons. <laughs> <laughs> and the game is laden with that. They're literally named the evil ones. We are not going to get around this with sticks and stones, guys. Yeah, there's there's just no way. And there's so many like other choices in this game that are exactly like that, where they're talking about how like, oh, we need to reinstate the the old guard because the old guard were the the traditional militants of the people and, and it's more important to have them than mercenaries. And it's like, yeah, that's a nice feeling and all, but we kind of need more soldiers. In case right. you haven't noticed, the world is ending. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I get, like I get it, guys. I hate to sound like a politician, but I'll get to your problems. In case you haven't noticed, the world is ending. I'll get to your issues in a moment. I'm gonna let you finish in a minute, but uh, we literally have 
evil ones coming from the other side. So yeah. we're going to need to handle yeah, this right now. It feels very similar to like a lot of the choices you get later on the main campaign of Fallout 3, where it's like that people will chastise you for doing one thing or another. And it's it's just mm-hmm. very funny to me because like they'll chastise you for like murdering the the general of the evil enclave or whatever. And and it's just it's just like guys, they, they want to destroy the world. Like I get it. It's it's mean to kill people. But if you're gonna grade this on like a light to bad scale, maybe don't give me minus fifty karma points. Maybe just minus five because it's sort of understandable <laughs> why someone would do this. Like it's not like literally doing it because I'm like mohaha twirling my mustache and like villainous, you know, like which is again, it's like it's trying to be intelligent. It's trying to tell something, but the game just doesn't want to do it. So like I said, it's just very, very mediocre all across the board. It's like it's it's trying so hard. Well, like with your Fallout example though, isn't getting that reaction from at least in Fallout, uh, I haven't gone deep enough into Fable yet, but isn't that kind of like true to life? Because things are always getting tried, you know, in the court of the public opinion by a lot of people who are armchair experts at best on issues and don't really get nuance. That is an interesting take I never thought about. I suppose you could look at it through that lens, right? Like your morality mm-hmm. is not actually your morality, it's just how people see you. It's um, perception. That's how it is with most things. Yeah, that that would be a very good way to put it. And I feel like uh, Fallout New Vegas did that well, right? Because Fallout New Vegas did have karma, but the karma in Fallout New Vegas was like very wishy-washy. It didn't really mean anything. What meant more was your reputation with certain factions. That matter way more that. than karma. I wish more games utilized that, to be honest. I loved, like, trying to figure out your balance there, yeah. Cause, yeah, because it makes more sense, right? It's like, if you have a really good relationship with the, like, the, the, the guys who are, you know, like, the, the uh, what's it called? Like, if you have a really good relationship with the, with, the, with the medics that treat people for free, then you're probably a oh, good yeah. guy. Because the, the, the medics that treat people for free probably wouldn't be your friend if you're not, like, a, a nice person, right? And similarly, if you're, like, best buddies with, like, you know, like, the uh, a legion of, like, people that crucify people, you're probably not the best kind of person. So that's, for me, is a much more accurate way to determine someone's, like, morality than just, like, oh, you know, you stole uh, you stole money from a drug dealer. It's, like... I don't know. Is that like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's is that's that necessarily evil? I mean, you did stole it, but it's not like not like their money was like legitimately gained either way. Or if you like decide to shoot your enemy in the back of the head, it's like is that? Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of like dishonorable. But is it really, you know, immoral? Especially if you know he was gonna kill more people. That's that's why karma and morality in games it just doesn't make any sense. So I like mm-hmm. that reading of it, a fable in fables. I like your morality, just how people see you. I think the yeah. problem starts to stem the fact that when your morality is super high, you actually get a, like a like a angel wings oh, <laughs> and a halo. <laughs> so I hope mine I never think gets perhaps that it, high. Then I'll be so disappointed in myself. Yeah, I think it's like I feel like that kind of breaks the theory a little bit when actual little demon horns sprout from your forehead from being too evil. But I like uh, that that's read. That's a, that's an I'd interesting like that. Read. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an interesting read. I, I do enjoy that uh, perspective on it. Uh, 
because otherwise yeah it just it doesn't make any sense uh, a lot of the stuff that you know you end up right. doing and people just hate you for very minimal reasons for the most of the time um yeah but... and i might not be right like i don't know what the fable writers intentions were in creating their world the re- only reason why i kind of had that thought was because that's how i always thought of it in like the fallout games was okay this isn't actually like who my the character i'm trying to play but this is how everybody else is seeing them so this is what i need to be concerned about when i walk into the next city or whatever that is so i i kind of took to applying it to situations in other games where i didn't really understand like the perception either (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I, i think that's a very very interesting way to, to look at it and i i think i'm gonna be applying that to other games i play because that's that's very cool i, I do enjoy I, I did enjoy that little, maybe you'll little, have uh, less mind guilty explosion. pleasures quote unquote there if you <laughs> it <would> start to <laughs> look at it that way more yeah i think i think it's a huge issue a lot of games have or had i think uh, newer roleplay games are kind of moving away from the whole morality system but it's very difficult for you to like yeah have like a morality system where in a game that um, have these sorts of interesting questions and these different because it's it's very difficult for anyone to say what's right and what's wrong in like certain situations so to have like a very mm-hmm. static you know like you know black to white kind of scale is uh is kind of kind of difficult which is funny now considering that lionhead also made uh the other game was talking about black and white where you play as a god and the whole point of black mm-hmm. and white is that you could be an evil god or a good god but sometimes as a good god, you have to do evil things. And sometimes being an evil god, you have to do good things. And I thought that it was um, mm-hmm. a relatively nice balance to how that game played. Um, so you'd think they would have, they would have known how to approach this better. <laughs> but I'm, I think, I think they, were, they just saw what Mass Effect was doing. And they were like, what? Mass Effect has like four or five choices per dialogue? No way. That's too much work. Let's keep like, you know, evil or good. <laughs> it's easier right. that way. Yeah, which, which is Mass Effect is but... also like it's it's kind of warms too. Like Mass Effect has like the whole Paragon or like hero thing or Paragon or rebel thing, and it's it's also pretty stupid. So that one doesn't really have that um, complex of like a karma system either. No, not really. They have uh, the system that they have is that you're either like a like a hero or you're like a, a badass hero. You know, like you, you know you're not your mama's <laughs> hero. You know, kind of kind of thing. So either you're like really nice, you're either a good guy who's nice about it or a good guy who's a dick about it. Like those are your options. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) It's like either, either, either you, 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 you save the day by punching the bad guy or you save the day by punching the the bad guy and then putting some cool aviator sunglasses. Yeah. And teabagging him at the end, probably. (laughs) Probably. Uh, so, but the thing is with Mass Effect is that there's a lot of the choices that are more important in the series are not tied to morality. They're just tied to mm. you know the choice. There's nothing about morality involved. There's just it's just a choice that you do, and I do appreciate Very that more cool. than just having a choice of good or bad. It's funny because now that I think about it, they actually put like something similar to the trolley problem in the start of Fable Three, where they uh, you have to choose between your best friend or like uh, a bunch of uh, like peasants like which yeah, one they really killed. did and and it isn't very often especially at the opening of a game that something will actually make me pause and not instantly make a decision but i really did have to hold up on that for a while yeah which is interesting because it's a complex choice it's mm-hmm. very hard to determine which one is right and which one is wrong 
but don't you worry, the game tells you which one is right and which one is wrong. If you pay attention to the button prompts, killing the peasants has a little flame circle around it, and killing your best friend has a little white circle around it, which means killing your friend is the morally correct choice, Steph. You should always kill your best friends in, if, if you can save some people you don't know. That is always morally correct. The game tells you so. And that's what I'm saying, like, right? It's a very difficult moral question that they just try to apply a very black and white kind of thing where it's like, it's, it's way more nuanced than that. <laughs> right. And even trying to make that decision, like, yeah, I could see how it was obviously trying to influence me one way or the other. Um, but my whole thought was, okay, well, let me do what I usually do and go through my first run of this being like the hero and see what happens and then maybe next time around i'll choose all the flame options just so yeah, but that's you know that's but that's that's like that's that's what makes me upset is just that the flame options or the, the the hero options are just like who decided that that was the flame option you know right like if you ask and, if and you why? ask me it's like yeah exactly why and it's like if you ask me it's like god it's 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 like like the whole thing i was talking about with the with the building the industry thing i would say building the industry thing is the heroic thing to do you're arming the people to fight against the evil ones you know it's like that seems pretty Especially heroic. considering it is an extremely impoverished nation they need more industry. <laughs> they people they are out need. there begging for like any piece of gold they can get. They need jobs. I'm sorry, but the industry isn't the bad option. To be fair, what the game the game puts forward is that the industry pays them everyone really, really poorly, and there's no like benefits or anything. And that's another thing you you get to fix uh, later on in the game, which again is why this is such a problematic thing. Some things make sense, right? For example, you can choose to either employ child workers so you can get even more industry rolling so you can get even more like bombers and weapons right or you could or you could set up an orphanage with like a little school for the kids so they can learn and and then become proud members of society and it's one of those things mm -hmm. that it's like okay that's an interesting thought we need the weapons but children are the future and that's right. where like again i'm sure that the writers did not think this far ahead but like a discerning person would probably think like, oh, we don't know how long this war is going to last. We don't know uh, what kind of opposition we're going to have. Maybe, you know, getting these kids to grow up, you know, like properly might be very important. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, better soldiers in the future, if needed, um, is better than just having more industry. You know, these kids eventually we're going to need soldiers. And like if, if you're if like all of them just dying in the industry while trying to make swords and stuff, that's not good. But again, right. a complex, nuanced question mm -hmm. where there is, there is no right or wrong in the scope of things. is like, you don't want to put the kids to work because the kids shouldn't work. Yeah, obviously, especially not in those factories. Exactly. But in case you hadn't noticed, the evil ones are coming and they want to destroy the world. So... <laughs> it's one of those situations like again i said in how can you like relate that to real life you know it's like mm -hmm. there's the evil ones are never gonna attack like our world like that's not a, a thing that could feasibly happen right so in real world it's very easy it's like listen dudes you're you don't need to put more money in the pockets of of like very rich people just give the kids an orphanage 
It's a very right. simple thing. <laughs> it's very straightforward. <laughs> this isn't what a complex the... moral quandary in real life. Like no, always no. take care of the children. <laughs> exactly. But in the but in the world where the world is ending because the evil ones are attacking. And you literally then, yeah. have skeletons jumping up from the ground just randomly. Exactly. And then the game has the audacity to say that you are evil because you want to properly arm the people of Albion with weapons and arms to, you know, destroy the evil ones. And it's yeah. like, is that really evil game? Is that really evil? Like, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like they, they needed to back up the scope or just change the whole like aspect of it. Make the choice, make the choice of evil or good be like either build an orf- orphanage or just send the kids to die in a furnace or something you know right like it's just it needs to be either very clearly evil or very clearly good because otherwise your whole like get evil points or get good points make no sense i think that part of the problem though is that there are so many areas of the game and in the world that actually do have quite a bit of nuance to them and have so much room to explore more of these issues in depth but it's almost like i don't know they ran out of time or ran out of funding or something because there are so many issues like that that just a couple of more steps would have made all the difference and made this a much more like vibrant and flourishing decision making system that as it stands it just felt like ugh, like you were getting edged the whole time like you were almost there but it just yeah. at the last minute it dropped off completely it's I don't know. That's what it, I'm saying. I, I can see exactly everything about saying. this game is everything about this game is so frustrating to that point. <laughs> yeah. And that is and, and yeah. not just the story. It's like every single gameplay mechanic, right? It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, the combat is fun. There's three whole like sections you can learn. And then, like there's different combos and different weapon types, and weapons have different bonuses you can unlock by doing different things. That's all very cool. And then when you play the game, you have a dodge function, you have blocks, you have parries, you can charge your attack for like a heavy attack and do like a little flourish. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. cool. That's also, that's also awesome. And then you're like, yeah, you can do all that. Or you can just mash the button and the result is the same. Exactly. Because you're, like, oh. you're never going to have time to remember the combos that they have anyway because everything comes at you so quickly but on the other hand if you can push your buttons just as quickly you can switch from a melee to a spell to whatever else you want just within seconds and i've never seen a combat system yeah. like that before never which is I mean, great it's, it's fun to play with the first couple of rounds but after a while you're just like okay but i'm literally just doing the same thing over and over again well that's what i say like it gets to a point where like you know if if in Mario, if if you're playing Mario and you had a button, like if you press B, you Mario just dropped like a tactical nuke and killed everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, every time you press B, like it just did it. There's no cooldown. There's no like amount. You would press that button all the time. Thing. Cool down time. I have never played a game that utilized any kind of magic before where there wasn't some kind of cooldown time. The fact that I yeah. can just spam these spells, just bam, 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 without a second thought. It's it's honestly game breaking yeah it's it's kind of that's that's the issue at one point is really that's what i'm saying why it's frustrating it's really fun that you can use spells all the time with no cooldown at the same time it's like once you get to a point where it was like wait a minute i could do all the cool combos and like learn to parry and learn to like block and dodge properly and learn when to charge my heavy attacks or i could just mash i could just mash the, the the buttons and and exactly. we'll get the same result. 
Like I will win the battle using the same amounts of resources and arguably taking like beating it quicker than someone who would probably trying really hard to 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 be tactful about it. So and yeah, so that's some frustrating. Pretty cool kill scenes. And Honestly, still getting some I mean, pretty dope even when you're scenes. just mashing, you still get those nice little kill scenes, and it's it still makes you feel like you did something, even if you didn't. Exactly, and and that's just the combat. And then you talk about yeah. like all the other aspects. Is like you can you can have tons of armor. Well, most of it is ill fitting for your character. The ones that are are good fitting, um, you know, there's only like three or four that kind of like look really good. So there's not a lot, like a lot of the, the hairs just look like wigs and there's, there's like 20 makeup sets, but only two of them are actual makeup. The other are like jokey makeups, like mime and, and clown face paints. Um, same with tattoos. There's like only like one or two tattoos that actually look good. The rest are only made there for jokes mostly. Um, and you can change the color, but the color will never look like what you expected the color to look like. And... Mm -hmm. Of course, if and you mix and mash to to get to a point where like, oh, my outfit looks good, the people of Albion, like the you know, like the NPCs, will hate your outfit because you yeah. use like a piece of outfit from a bandit and use another piece of outfit <laughs> from like you know, like a hobo because they look good and people just hate you for using it. And mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, there's a lot of options and some of them are kind of creative, but it's just all these problems. Like I said, it's just so frustrating. It's like it's almost <laughs> like if they. It's almost like they, they, they had to go up like a thousand flights of stairs and it got to like the last one and they're like, eh, I give up. Fuck and then they started to just yeah. go down. I'm just going to stay so here on 999 until I feel like sliding all the way back down. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like they were <laughs> almost there. This is so frustrating to talk about because there's like... Mm -hmm. And then the quests are the same. It's like a lot of the quests have like really cool concepts to them. It's like, oh, you need to gather a lost play and you get sucked in and you need to act exactly like the play. And then it would be like, oh, that's cool because you get to act like in a play and you need to do the things that would happen in the play in order for the story to progress. But all those things end up being is just you press a button. You press either button A or button B to proceed. Yeah. And going it's really one obvious way or the which other. one you need to pick, you know, to kind of get through it the way they're expecting you to. Yeah, which, again, it's kind of cool because they've been very clear what you want to do, which leads you to the option of being like, you know what, I'm going to be a dick and do something opposite. I'm going to be going to do something completely opposite to what they're asking. And mm -hmm. but there's no real motivation to do that aside from you wanting to be like really mean. Um, right. There's no motivation as to why you wouldn't want to do it. But again, it's fable. That's kind of how they all are. They, they just kind of want you to be mean if you want to be mean, I suppose. But the problem is, it's just that you just press a button, you know, like in that yeah. quest specifically, why it's frustrating and why it feels like it goes almost all the way there and goes back. Because the first two parts of that quest, you are just supposed to press a button A or button B. But then on the last one is really interesting because they're talking about how you're playing the role of this evil bandit that is uh, going to get killed by uh, by the protagonist of the story. The hero of the story is going to kill you who is playing the bandit but not before a very epic fight. So you have to actually fight, kill one wave of enemies, but on the second wave of enemies, you need to kill some and then die. And that's mm -hmm. like, oh, that's cool. That's the way they expect you to go. Because if you're just playing normally, you just probably kill all the enemies, right? Because that's what you do. Right. But then if you do that, you're going against... That's, that's interactive. Now I'm saying, if the other two parts of that quest were something interactive to that aspect, it would be so mm -hmm. cool. 
but they weren't. You just press a button and it's done. <laughs> so it's like so <laughs> frustrating the whole way. It is. And, and that aspect is definitely frustrating. But I will say even those first two stories were just silly enough that I, I still enjoyed them for that aspect. Like, obviously, I hated having to sit through all those scenes and not really feel like I had any real agency in anything that was happening. But they at least made it entertaining. I probably wouldn't think so if I played it like four or five times through. But definitely the first time I was like, <laughs> oh, OK, that was a cute little touch. You know, I, I kind of dig the way they played yeah. that out. So. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. Why it's frustrating? It's frustrating because it's not bad. It's frustrating because it could be good. It almost got to be good, and then it, it just so kind of didn't. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, like I said, it's like watching, you know, like uh, <laughs> it's a, from borrowing from uh, my favorite YouTube Red Letter Media. Uh, they're explaining <laughs> it's like it's like watching a kid trying to draw like like you know something. And you're like over looking over the shoulder and you're like trying to draw the sun. The sun it's it's round, it's yellow. Just just pick yellow. It's just like you know, like it's like I'm constantly <laughs> doing that with Fable. It's like I know what you want to do. Just 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 maybe add a cooldown to the magic. Make it less powerful. You're almost there. This combat is very interesting. There's a lot of moving pieces. Just just maybe add like a bit of delay between the magic or a bit of delay between the attacks. So you you're not supposed to just mash all the time. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, just so frustrating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that until you and I had this discussion, I couldn't really see, like, what there was really to complain about. But obviously, I'm still fairly new into the game also. But yeah, like, as we're talking about it, and I'm kind of like breaking down these missions that I have done in my head, I'm like, yep, yep, that's exactly it. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, it keeps getting me almost there and then just not quite, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps leading you on to expect that it's gonna exactly. like, be good at some point and then you're like oh, yeah at some there. point it's they're going there. to commit and i'll have the ring but you know no i just kept <laughs> led around by the nose <laughs> but that's the thing that's that is enough to keep you entertained and that's why like it's it's such a interesting complex game in my mind it's enough to keep you entertained and it's enough to like keep you doing things because you're like mm -hmm. you're going through the motions and you think it's gonna you're gonna pay off somehow um it's and a then good at mindless the end, game yeah exactly it's a great mindless game i think fable i would put uh on the same category of as another really fun game that i play called the uh, ghost recon future soldier uh mm -hmm. which is a third person uh action and uh shooter game it's like a third person shooter it's there's nothing unique about it there is nothing like super like noteworthy about it it's mm -hmm. just a very solid you know like third person shooter game it's the best game to have installed on your computer for when the internet goes out or like maybe like you know like you know like you, you're, you're gonna you have your laptop and there's like a tornado or something and you just wow. kind of have to yeah it's like it's, it's the best game for you to just like when you know you couldn't possibly be doing anything else that's more productive you kind of <laughs> just sit there I like guess the greatest game for that because you kind of just sit there and you just do it and time just passes yeah. like nothing. Yeah, I've got a couple like that, but like I won't guarantee you have fun. Yeah, but time will pass. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, and I do have fun when I play Fable. I can play it for um, probably not as long of bursts as I have been some of my other like more sincerely favorite games, but it is one I can spend a good hour or two straight getting lost in and, you know, probably not hear anything around me as long as I've got my headphones on. 
any more than that, I don't know. It's it's probably not on the same level as like my super casual games like you know, Plague or something like that, but it's definitely one that is fun in its own right, but probably not just like a a multiple day binge or anything. Mhm. It's good enough to uh keep your attention for a little bit, which is probably why Yeah. You know, if you if you can find this game on like, you know, like a like a Goodwill for like three dollars, it's you know, you're going to have a lot of fun, I think. <laughs> and, and you still can get it on um, the the uh, shoot. What did I buy? The Xbox Game Store. It is still available yeah. two and three both. So so there you go. If you, if you can find a, a copy, it's if you're paying for cheap, it's it's, it's all right. It'll, it'll, you'll grab your attention and it's a, it's a fun enough game. But I think we uh, we talked we talked about enough about guilty pleasures. Uh, soon enough, our next episode needs to be a, about a, a guilty pleasure of yours, because I already bared my heart out here and I publicly admitted to enjoying Fable Three, despite me not liking. Okay, well, I I don't feel like I've ever been entirely um, guilty about this, but whenever we get around to it, mine is definitely going to be Cyberpunk. So get ready to fire <laughs> up your best corpo build for that. There you go. I can't believe you'd say that. That's that's funny because I, I uh, everyone's gonna fucking hate us. Exactly. Cyberpunk is so much more fresh mm-hmm. in people's minds. Uh, so because like I feel like the same. If I made like a like a podcast or like you know like a YouTube video in 2012 talking about how I loved Fable Three, people would absolutely hate me <laughs> as well. <laughs> people would be like throwing shit at me. Well, the good thing about it is, despite it being my guilty pleasure, much like you with yours, I know where the faults are, and I will 100% admit to them and talk about how, yeah, I wish it would be fixed, but I also have, I think, a pretty extensive list of reasons why I do love it, and when I do start up a new character, I can 100% just freaking lose sleep going through all of my storylines over and over again, just because I love that world so much. That's exactly why it's a it's a guilty pleasure. Like you know it's bad, and you know you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. like it, but you do. <laughs> yeah, there are just enough things about it that appeal to my senses that I just I can't stay away. It's like an abusive relationship. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's been us for for this episode. Thank you so much for checking out Kate Militia. Make sure to follow us on our socials and make sure to check our website for um, all of our catalog. And furthermore, more importantly, make sure to also check Cam and Ride With Me, the podcast with Steph and friend of the show, Kip, where they talk about uh, a lot of very cool um, Japanese media. So yeah, catch you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, post-editing uh, Jackie here. <laughs> here to give a shout-out, a special shout-out to um, Patron. Frozen Coda, as well as a can of Raid for supporting the show at the Woodland Bishop here, as well as to Back Bolton, Pixie, and Dottie. Thank you so much for helping our show. Uh, fucking sneeze Uh, (laughs) god I hate it I hate it so much god damn flush